Well, good evening, race fans of the internet, and welcome to the long-awaited Talking Dirt episode number 18. Almost 20 episodes into this podcast here, and we thank everybody who's joined us for the ride so far. Of course, I am your host, Mr. Ryan Williams. Joining me tonight will be our co-host of the podcast series here, uh, the man out of Marion, South Carolina himself, Big Papa, Matt Pridgen. Matt, how are we doing this week? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Hey, no, thanks for asking. Not too bad at all. Trying to uh, trying to work towards another race weekend down here in Sumter. Of course, uh, we're, we're on a bit of a delay as the Friday night portion uh, has already been canceled due to uh, severe chance of thunderstorms and stuff in the area tomorrow night. But uh, we'll talk about that later on in the episode. But first, I want to uh, bring into uh, into the show here tonight for for. Uh, what could be uh, the talk before he goes and wins the big one this weekend? We'll never know. But a an SCDRA competitor, as well as the owner and promoter of the uh, SOAR Racing Association that you guys see over on our YouTube page every Tuesday night. Uh, race fans of the internet, please welcome to the show, Mr. Reed Christensen. Reed, welcome to the show, first of all. And, I mean, how how you doing this week, man? Big week, possibly. Yeah, I'm doing, uh, doing good, you know. We've just been getting ready for the race coming up at Sumter and uh, just had the typical Tuesday night series going on. Like you said, um, I really appreciate you having me on here tonight. Yeah, no problem at all. We, we greatly appreciate you for making the time to come talk with us. I know you guys are doing a lot of work prepping for, uh, for the, what was this weekend now, just this Saturday. Um, but man, it's, it's been a big week, uh, especially for the, the iRacing series that you run. Let's promo that a little bit before we really get in depth in an interview here. Um, so you started the Southern Outlaw Auto Racing series, what was it, last year. Uh, before that, there were some talks of doing some other stuff. But what kind of led you in the direction of wanting to key in on the, the asphalt side of things, especially because I believe the series started with, uh, with ARCA series cars, right? Yeah, we uh, for season one, we had done ARCA cars. Um, the original plan was to kind of pick a new division every every season and try different things or um, just kind of see where it took us. I mean, when we started, it was just a, a small group of us. Uh, friends just wanted to get together on Tuesday night and get everyone in there, hang out, have a good time. And then it, it went on from there. I mean, this year we've had over... 50 entries in it uh through the races this season and we've been averaging about 20 to uh 22 23 cars a race yeah and i mean even before uh matt and i picked up the series as far as broadcasting goes uh which by the way is my uh first venture into you know producing it all myself and um hopefully you guys that are that watch that and also listen to the podcast have enjoyed it so far uh but and hopefully yeah, I haven't scared y'all off with my terrible commentary. Well, here's the thing. They <laughs> they probably understand that you you know, you're brand new to this. Of course, I've got some some experience. But I mean, Matt, you you're doing very well for somebody who's never done it before and adjusting a lot because I mean, you and I both come from a dirt racing background and this asphalt stuff's a lot different than that. But back to the original question that I was about to lead into with Reed. Uh Dude, I remember when this series first started, it was, you know, you, me, Thomas Engel, and I think Alan was in there, and uh, there were a couple others, but it was just, you know, eight or nine of us, and we were racing ARCA cars, and I was finishing dead last, and now it's amazing to see where it's gone, you know, and just, it, it hasn't even been a year yet. No, I mean, uh, we started season one earlier this year, uh, just put on a 12-race season, uh, we literally had nine cars. <laughs> yeah. It was just nine of us getting together, you know, having a good time. And um, so we opened it up to the public for season two just to experiment with it. And, you know, that the outpour of support we've had, I mean, it's just been it's been awesome, you know. Um, and we picked up a few really good guys and guys that I really enjoy racing with. And uh, like this past broadcast at Five Flags, you know, I mean... I would say over half the race was two wide racing, three wide racing for the lead. And, uh, I mean, it was a clean race. We had zero cautions and those guys are just, they're racing their hearts out and they do everything they can to support us. And I mean, it's hard to find people like that. So, yeah. uh, the, the sore series is really, I mean, 
I enjoy coming in here Tuesday nights. I enjoy doing the work to get it put on. Uh, that's why we're going to keep doing it, and, and we're going to continue to grow it. Um, so for season three, we got some really great stuff coming. Um, we got a, we made some changes to the schedule. Um, the people on the on the Discord and everything will find out probably later this week what we did once we finalize it, and uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to throw a little bit of a twist in it, but I don't think it's a twist that will run people off. So. So absolutely not, and uh, Matt and I are going to have some fun with it as we continue to broadcast it, because what, from what I'm hearing, this is going to be big, uh, especially for the sim race community, uh, some stuff that people may not have seen before in a series and all, so that's going to be a blast to talk about, but let's talk a little bit about this season, of, but first, who was the champion of the first season of the uh, of the series? Was it you, or was it somebody else? Yeah, I was able to pick up the championship. Uh, me and Thomas, we were, we were in a uh, Thomas Engel, we were in a close battle for the the championship there, and and I was able to pull it off right at the end. Uh, it literally came down to the last race, and um, I just I hit my marks. I was able to qualify on the pole and get the the pole position point, and then uh, bring home the win as well. So, um, I mean, if Thomas would have beat me at the like at the last race at Phoenix, then he would have won the championship. So it was, uh, I was nervous going into it. I mean, even racing with your buddies, you know, you're like, you want to win, you want to be that guy that, that brings it home. And, mm -hmm. um, I was, I was fortunate enough to do so. I mean, it wasn't an easy task. <laughs> Thomas did not make it easy on me. No, Thomas is good, man. And I'm upset with him because, uh, me and Matt get into this and all, and he doesn't even race in anymore. He's too busy sleeping or something. I don't know what the heck he's doing, but yeah, I yeah. when I first started playing, it was me, you, and me, Ryan, and Thomas. Yeah. And and then out of nowhere, James started getting on, and then Thomas just—I never saw him on hardly after that. Yeah, Thomas doesn't even play anymore, does he, Reed? I mean, he he hasn't been able to lately. I mean, I, I think he has a lot going on outside of like yeah. and stuff. Um. I mean, he's just, he's actually been working on his, his real race car and stuff like that. So, um, I think he's just been busy doing, doing other things. And I mean, I, I hope he comes back cause I enjoy racing with him and, right. um, maybe he'll listen to this podcast and they'll light a fire under him and he'll, yeah, <laughs> he'll come back and race with us. Yeah. And he, he needs to light a fire under him to actually race his real race car. He showed up one time this year, one and never came back. And well, I really think you guys might be in a surprise or in for a surprise this weekend because uh, a little birdie says he's been getting that thing ready. So is that a wink, wink, nudge, nudge moment, Reed? A wink, wink, nudge. nudge. <laughs> Man, I would love to see Thomas back in a race car because him and Elliot both showed up for like two weeks earlier this year and then disappeared, never came back. And of course, I see we see Elliot weekly now racing with you guys, but it'd be nice to see him racing in person. And it's also going to be nice to see you racing in person. I'll touch on that in just a second. But sticking with Sora right now, so you guys have a, a pretty tight points race at the top. Also, you know, third on back is, is tight as well. Uh, the season's narrowing down. What do we have now? Two races left in the season? Yeah, we... Uh, so I have the schedule right here. So uh, this week we're going to Rockingham. Uh, right. It'll be Tuesday, August 23rd. And then uh, Bristol will be the final race of the season on August 30th. So um, Bristol is actually going to be uh, $50, or $50 to win. And um, when when Justin won uh, the race this past uh, week at Five Flags, he actually donated that $30. He won back to the league. And... Um, we're going to add that to the Bristol purse. So um, it's going to be a cool little deal. I mean, there's going to be, I'll probably do like a fast qualifier award right. and then, um, then add maybe $10 to the, the winning purse and uh, maybe do a hard charger award too. Yeah. That's going to be a, a fun one to watch and broadcast. But as this, uh, so your points battle is starting to wind down a little bit uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like uh, Thomas Frisch is, Starting to walk away with it, possibly over, um, over Jeff. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, Thomas has been, I mean, he's been the guy to beat all season, you know, um, Jeff has been in a tight points battle with him, and the last two races, you know, he hasn't had any luck. Uh, 
Right. Um, New Smyrna, he he really needed a caution to try to catch up to the field oh, yeah. after battling from the back, you know. And then at Five Flags, it it was just another deal where uh, pulled away at the beginning, and then uh, he needed a caution and couldn't get one. So um, I hope to see him back at Rockingham with us. He was a little frustrated, but uh, I really don't want to see him give up because he's been the guy that's been trying to trying to beat Thomas all year, and um, I mean. It's it's been a great battle. So, well, yeah, it and it, it has, and I believe you recently took over the third place spot in points, and then right back behind you, everybody's still pretty tight. So, definitely something that uh, we encourage the people listening to uh, to check out on Tuesday nights if you got the free time, uh, have another opportunity to hear my voice and Matt's voice, and and possibly Reed's if he can make his way into the top three and. That's another thing, man. What, what's been your, your kryptonite so far? Because three races into us broadcasting, you guys, you've been in the top three and then disappearing later in the race. And obviously, New Smyrna, you had what problems that we're not even going to get into. You got turned, coming to the green flag, whatever, right? But especially this past Tuesday night, what's, what's kind of your thing that you're trying to learn as a driver in order to beat some of these guys that you're bringing into your own series? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you <laughs> you can start out so good, but if you don't conserve your tires or you don't uh, just play your race moves right, um, I mean, you end up in the back, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit of luck goes a long way, too. Um, like you said, New Smyrna, we just we had a little contact from the, the car that started behind me, and it sent us around early on in the race. Then we never had a caution to try to, like, catch back up to the field and, and do something with it. But five flags, you know, I I was racing hard for the lead. Uh, I was just trying to get out front. Um, you know, it, we have bonus points if you lead the most laps and for leading a lap. So right. um, not only was it important to lead that lap, but it was important. I, I wanted to get out front so I could ride and just try to lead the most laps for the race and get the extra points for it. But um, Thomas was battling hard with me and, and I ended up burning my tires up racing with him and at five flags once you did that it was like driving on ice so i started to fall back and i was trying to let him cool down and after about 20 laps they finally did and i started catching elliot and i started catching thomas actually and um it just uh it, i just didn't have enough time to do nothing with it so i mean it um hats off to justin who came home with the win he he drove a really smart race um i noticed at the beginning he he kind of backed the race up and let it come to him. And, uh, I was, I was stuck wishing I would have done the same thing, but he brought home and I mean, he deserved it. Hey, he definitely did. And, uh, that's something that everybody can look forward to again, next Tuesday night, Rockingham Speedway live on TD TV, but let's kind of shift it a little bit. Let's talk, uh, some, some real rate, some real dirt racing and, and whatever else you got going on here because, because man, you got, we got a big weekend coming up as, possibility for for you and a couple of the guys that we know to really make some money here but let's talk about racing in general first and i I really want to know answer the age-old question does playing i racing and all does it help or affect your real life driving in any way yeah i'm a big supporter of that i feel like it 100 percent helps me um i racing has gotten so realistic that it really it'll teach you racecraft. It'll teach you uh, the importance of staying at a wrecks and staying like keeping your nose clean and right. um, for in real racing you're you're at the track on Saturday night, Friday night, whatever, and that's it, you know. But on i racing, you could run ten races, fifteen races a day if you had the time for it, and uh, you start getting into the the official races that have a higher i rating um i mean those guys really they really get after it and you really have to play your moves right and and be smart with it to to win you know and if you if you aren't doing that you aren't winning so it definitely does teach you a lot and it teaches you throttle control teaches you braking um i would say the biggest thing that that I I don't get from my racing is the fact that the cars that we race aren't on the game. So, um, I mean, it, 
obviously I can't learn from that, but when it comes to late models or street stocks, um, I feel like it's pretty, pretty realistic. And, and Matt, you know, Matt's been in a real car too. I was, yeah, I was um, about to transition it to Matt. See if he had anything to add there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it keeps your vision sharp. Um, you know, the steering might not necessarily be, well, I don't know. My car doesn't, handle it my real life car doesn't <laughs> handle like it does on the game it, it, it handles differently the, there's also not the school bus steering wheel that you have in the real car yeah 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 my my steering wheel for the for i racing is pretty small compared to my real steering wheel but um but yeah i i do think it the the throttle control it does help you with that um you know yeah i, I think it helps a little bit you know yeah. I mean, it. It's the only way you can get you know practice without being at the track. Well, yeah, and one thing I I think too, you know, is and Matt, you may you may agree or disagree with this, is that when when you're eye racing and when you're real racing, uh, kind of watching what what's happening going on in front of you, kind of helps you predict what's where the right. cars are going to go or. Uh, what may happen if a guy enters the corner too hot, and I feel like that stuff translates to real life as well. Yeah, that that's what I meant when I said vision. Like you, you see how the cars react, and you know how they slide, and this, that, and the other. So yeah, I, I agree to that. Well, yeah, you don't... An, another thing there. I'm, I'm sorry, Reed, for cutting you off there, but another thing there is like um, the the asphalt side kind of feel so much more in depth than the than the dirt side because i mean when you look at you know track progressions asphalt pretty much has it down to a t uh dirt they're still working on a little bit but uh go ahead Reed, what were you about yeah. to say there oh no i was just um i was just going to comment on the fact that you know with the iRace and stuff obviously you miss out on some of the real life characteristics as right. in like you, you don't feel the speed as much you don't you aren't getting hit with dirt. You aren't trying to pull tear offs and everything else. Um, but yeah, kind of like what you're saying, Ryan, is that um, there is uh, asphalt stuff is a lot more in depth on iRacing. Uh, but I think that's just because dirt is fairly new to it. Yeah. Um, you, I don't know off the top of my head and you may, cause I think you've been on the server a little longer than I have. Yeah. Uh, dirt maybe come out, two or three years ago if that no no uh 20 gosh it's been out for a while yeah i want to say 16 2016 because i remember for some odd reason dude i was completely out of racing at this point had nothing to do with sumter speedway had nothing to do with i racing at all i was still playing call of duty on the xbox but for no reason at all i um, I saw something about the launch of dirt tracks on iRacing, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't even really know what iRacing was then, but I went on YouTube and found, like, the old uh, LSR TV. I think they still, they're still going as well. And, uh, like, the iRacing, the eSports, it was, I think it was called, like, iRacing Live at the time or something like that. But, uh, and they had big broadcasts of when it first launched World of Outlaw Drivers and stuff that came in, and they did a whole, like, three-day show on iRacing, and it was the coolest thing in the world. And I think it launched with what Matt two tracks maybe two or three. Yeah, and, I, don't, I don't know how many it launched with. Uh... And it was it was it was kind of dope back in the day, but it was you know it was ground stages kind of like I expect this upcoming the World of Outlaws game that's coming out in a couple of months here. It's that game's going to be just like NASCAR Heat and the Tony Stewart games. That's unfortunately what I'm thinking. Like it's going to be yeah. kind of bare bones. You know, I, I've seen the trailer. It looks exactly like it. Yeah. Did you guys ever play that Dirt Today Tona game back in the day? Yeah. Yep, that's my Dirt Street <laughs> stock skin. Man, nope. that is a legacy. I love nothing. that game. Every love Dirt that game, game that comes out, I mean, it, it's not going to be able to top Dirt Daytona. No, I don't I, know. Saturday Night Speedway was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are right. That 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 was that was really and good. The old World of Outlaw Sprint Car games were pretty good, yeah. but I mean, it's, do y'all remember R Factor? Yeah. I never played that. I never played it, but I've seen plenty of videos on it. I played it on, uh, I had a a laptop and (laughs) it wasn't a gaming laptop or nothing. So it ran like crap, but I played it on, on the keyboard Mm -hmm. because I didn't have a steering wheel. I I didn't play it online, but it, 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 it was, it was different. 
Well, R Factor is cool in a sense because people could you could create mods. People would yeah, there were so many different coding. models. And dude, you could get any model of late model, any model of street stock, any model of modified. You could have dude. There are thousands of tracks that people would go in and and, and mod. It was R Factor is cool, man. I wish that it would make a comeback, but I I really with with how good i racing is now yeah, that and how much happen. with how much they're expanding i really don't think it's going to happen but uh back on topic here we see see reed you come on the show you now understand how me and matt get so off topic <laughs> man there's just so much dude, to talk about <laughs> dude, we start we start going and we go and we go and we go and then we get to a certain point whoa that we just don't know how we got there but uh yeah man we're having some fun here tonight uh and man i really got to just kick it off from from the basics here. When did you really get into racing? Obviously, I've been doing this for a while now, but how long have you been racing, and what what started you in that? So I've been going to the racetrack since I was three years old. Um, you know, my dad he he played in bands for years, and kind of just he was tired of doing that and wanted to try something different. Um, he always wanted to race. So he'd sold all that stuff and, and bought a race car from a guy local that down there in Florida. Um, I'm actually local to new Smyrna speedway. So, um, when I, I grew up at that track pretty much every weekend, watching my dad race and he raced, uh, for years till I was old enough to get in the car. And, um, in 2011 is when they surprised me with my first go kart on my birthday. And, um, I've been racing since then. So started out in go-karts and, um, I mean, I've raced, I've raced the outlaw mini stocks. Um, I've raced the SCDRA stuff, I've done a little bit of V8 stuff. And, um, I mean, out of anything I've been in the SCDRA stuff has been the most challenging to drive. Um, and I, I really enjoy the people I race with. I enjoy the competition. Um, I enjoy being part of the series. I mean, it's a big family, you know, and at the end of the day, that, that makes it fun to go to the track. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can't argue with you there. SCDRA always tends to seem like more of a family than just, you know, your normal racing series. You got guys that are coming out campers with, you know, 20, 30 people just by themselves. So, yeah, it's definitely a party atmosphere, and I'm expecting that uh, Saturday night as well. But you kind of touched on it there, but... Is is that really the main reason why you stuck with front wheel drives after you really started them, or did you did you get into front wheel drives, transition to something else, and then decide, hey, I I got to go back to this? Yeah, so um, I had started after go karts. I went to the front wheel drive stuff. Um, me and my dad picked one up and started working on it, and um, we had a lot of fun doing that. And then eventually, uh, we ended up. I, I started driving my dad's car, so uh, it was an outlaw mini stock, which is uh, it's a full tube chassis. Uh, they, they start off as like a Fox body Mustang. Um, but they're full tube chassis Ford 2300 four cylinder motor. Um, and we race those all around Florida. And then, um, you know, we kinda, we kinda stopped racing the mini stock and I started running the SCRA stuff, uh, because they were paying so much money to run the dirt, uh, dirt tracks. So, uh, that's how I kind of shifted back into the, the front wheel drives. Right. And so you, you, you start in, um, obviously started go-karts, race a lot of different stuff. Do you remember what, what was your first win? Do you remember that way? If you think back in your memory? Yeah, it was, uh, it was in the go-karts. Um, my, my first race I ever ran, you know, I was green, didn't know what I was doing. And <laughs> we had some good guys helping us and they got us pointed in the right direction. And, um, we took off and, uh, I was leading that almost the whole race and got down right to the end and let a laugh car get in my way. And I was just uh -huh. too scared to pass him, you know? And, uh, I was like, the, Matt. <laughs> the, uh, the guy behind me ended up passing me and I finished second that race. Um, I don't, I don't exactly remember my first win, uh, but there's been a couple wins during my career that, that I'll never be able to forget. Yeah, man, it, and moving on to that, I totally missed like half of what you said, but I'm, I'm still here. Trust me, I'm still here. <laughs> still here. Totally missed a little bit of it, zoned out for a second. But uh, yeah, so you got your first one in carts, and, and then you move on there. Did you... 
when did you sort of kind of branch out? Because we see you race at Screven a lot because you're sort of local to Screven, but I've also seen where you traveled, you know, I think you, you've been to, what, Golden Isles a couple of times. You ran Sumter quite a bit for a little while. What, what kind of, what's your, like, I guess top three and tracks that you've run? And, like, what makes a good racetrack from your perspective? So, uh, I would say top three or, I mean, Volusia is going to be one of them. Um, Ooh, I love yeah. racing Volusia. Um, when I lived down Florida, it wasn't but 40 minutes from me. So, we we went there quite often. Um, I really enjoy racing Screven. And then, um, I mean, I've only been to Sumter a few times, but I mean, I really enjoy racing there. And I would say when it comes to me, you know, I, I really like a track that requires technique and I mean, tracks that are just hammered down wide open. It's not my favorite to go to. Um, I really like the tracks you got to drive. I really like the tracks you gotta, you gotta think on, um, and even the ones like you know Scraven, we run right up against the wall there a lot of times. Right, yeah. So it, uh, I like the tracks that scare you. You know, I mean, when you're sending the car off 90, 100 miles an hour down in the corner, uh, that wall comes up quick. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to ask about because I, I was just going to get into Scraven, dude, because that place is kind of nuts when it comes to front wheel drive racing. I, I want to know what that dynamic is like from in the race car, because man, we've seen some wild crashes um there recently and in years past there's been some crazy stuff happening at Screven. have you ever had like a close call where you know you were just one step away from doing sort of what pain did just a couple of weeks ago yeah actually one year um this was probably five or six years ago now uh i had come off of turn four and uh there isn't much of a wall there you know it's more of like a <laughs> like just a metal like kind of a a wall that you'd see in the middle of a highway you know and when i hit that um it kind of hooked the rear bumper of the car because I, I hit it back in first and um when it did it it hooked me and it hooked me around and when i hit the wall i was spinning around on the nose and um <laughs> i just remember like looking down at the ground and kind of seeing like cars coming at me um it's such a helpless feeling when you're when you're wrecked on the track and you're just sitting there and you're just hoping that the whole field makes it by without hitting you. Um, and then one year I'd, I'd gotten spun coming off of four and, and got spun into the outside wall head on. And luckily just, uh, I, I kind of just got grazed by some of the other competitors and stuff and it didn't, didn't hurt us too bad. But, um, I mean, anytime in a front wheel drive, when you get hooked to the right and, and that left side is digging in the ground, uh, that's a dangerous deal, you know, because I mean, we we run pretty soft suspensions on the rear, and um, it just kind of hooks and sends you over, which is kind of what we'd seen happen with pain. Yeah, and we we've seen it a couple other times at different tracks around here as of late. But yeah, and what you just said that I really didn't I didn't key on when it whenever it was happening. You were talking about the the soft suspension in the rear ends, and you obviously have you know the the left rear tire, you guys, some of you guys are running barely anything, if anything, there at all. What, how, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, why are people doing these setups where you're carrying the left rear? I know we see it sometimes on modifies and whatnot, carrying the left front. I guess it's the, kind of the same dynamic, right? Right, yeah. I mean, as the car goes through weight transfer and whatnot, um, I mean, when we're done building them, they're pretty stiff. So um, with that, we run a small tire for staggering the rear more so than anything. And, um, as the weight transfers, I mean, there's only so much suspension travel. So it, um, uh, it pulls that, that rear end off the ground. So, yep. um, with running that big right rear and kind of putting the weight on that side of the car, um, it, it just naturally lifts it up. And well, and you look back at the, the start of really the big kick of front wheel drive racing, it, uh, not a lot of people are doing that. How much has the the technology and the you, the game really changed since you started oh. to where we are now? Yeah, you know, before uh, I would say back in 2011, 2012, you know, we yeah. were uh, we were showing up with something you basically knock the windows out of and and go race. Um, yeah. But they've turned Logic into full blown race then. cars now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it that was, was your five hundred dollar car, and 
I mean, I remember the first year I come up to Scrub and they were doing their big, uh, I want to say it was like 8,000 win uh, at this point in time. Um, we had a stock Cavalier, you know, and, and I think I'd finished like eighth or ninth. And I mean, nowadays, you know, we're, we're a lot faster. Uh, we're turning, turning times that are, that are real quick, you know, and, uh, it's just, it, it went from being a stock class. So like we got full blown race motors now, uh, we're allowed to do different things, uh, when it comes to that, as long as it, as it, it appears stock, um, yeah we're allowed to switch like stock parts around. So, uh, as long as it's a Honda part on a Honda car, we're allowed to do that. And, um, I mean, just simple stuff like that. You can totally change the way that a car reacts to it and, and handles the racetrack. And I just want to say, you see what racers do to budget classes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what in racing, you're always going to have that oh, yeah. guy that can spend more money and that wants to spend more money and wants to win. So uh, it's just the natural, natural way the, the racing series progresses, and uh, especially when you put as much money on the line as the SCDRA has. Oh um, God, yeah. And it, not only them, but the tracks obviously as well. Yeah. But when they put all that money on the line to bring the series in, um, I mean when you got guys win that they're going to reinvest it into their car. Cause I mean, you've seen guys that have won thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, and, um, naturally it's going to, it's going to take its course, you know, it's going to turn into more than what it was. And you always have that, that next guy is trying to, trying to explore the gray areas of the rule book. And, uh, we've seen it in many, many classes, you know, kind of causes change to the way that the rules are followed. Well, yeah, and another way that SCDRA in particular has, you know, kind of differed themselves from a lot of different series. You see, at at one point in time, you had your your certain guys that really dominated the series, but now it's it's anybody's ball game. Whenever you pull up to any of these tracks, because I mean, obviously, you got yourself who is definitely going to be a, a contender this weekend at Sumter. I would hope. Uh, uh, happily thinking, uh, but you also got you know your Newman Presnells who who has come to the forefront in recent years, and obviously you got the Wyndhams, you got Andrew Smith, you got Payne, you got everybody. As far as series goes, SCDRA is one of the like one of the only series where you look at pretty much all of their competitors and say, yeah, he's got a shot to win here this weekend. You know? Yeah, I mean, you never with our cars, you know, attrition is a real thing, so. Mm -hmm. It's like you never know. Uh, you never know when you go down the turn if you're gonna break an axle or what's gonna happen. Um, right. Yeah. And I mean, at Scraven, we almost saw a lap car cost Andrew the win. Um, it almost allowed Brandon Gibson, uh, Gibson to get there and and challenge him for the lead. But um, I mean, there's so much involved with it when it comes to winning these races. I mean, before you know, you could you could have a car that that was the second faster than everyone you'd walk away with it. But you look at the qualifying times now, and I mean, there's not much separating first to 20th, you know, um, it's extremely competitive and extremely hard to win. And I mean, if you're, if you're winning the races, you, you earned it, you know, it's, it's nothing easy. Yeah. And, they, and especially with those cars that are more stock, uh, than, most, if not all, race cars that you're going to see, besides like the the stock front wheel drive classes and whatnot, or pure stocks, whatever, it, they're they're the cars that are the most uh, capable of something going awry because they're pretty much take them off the street and race them. So yeah, it's always that's always a key factor in, in who ends up winning these races because we've seen it a lot in, in even local racing at Sumter. Or I believe something like that happened to to Michael. In last year's big race, he was having uh, just normal car issues, and and it happens in that type of racing, especially. So yeah, I commend SCDRA for doing that. But uh, let's let's start to get towards the wrap up here. Let's talk about this weekend a little bit, um, because you're coming you're coming to Sumter for the first time in what Reed about two years now. Yeah, it's it's been uh, I think twenty twenty was the last time I was there. Um, yeah, I've been driving the number eighteen for the Myers family. Um, Jason and Alex mm -hmm. back at the shop, you know, they've been getting this thing ready for me and I've been helping out when, when I can. And, um, he, uh, 
like, like those guys, I mean, I wouldn't be racing this year if it wasn't for them with everything I've had going on. Right. So, um, I'll be in that this weekend. Um, it's the number 18 DAM truck and car, uh, sponsored by tasty freeze and American Damn. insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, man. Uh, we, uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know, cause every race I've run for Jason so far, we've been, we've been the top five, top four car, you know, and um i don't think sumter is going to be any different i I, i'm we made a couple changes to the car Uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing how they do and i'm really looking forward to getting back to sumter too oh yeah and and something weird well not really weird but i don't really want you to speak for him but why haven't we seen alex at all this year so uh, yeah from with alex you know he's he's a younger kid you know he's 15 years old um he uh he really just wanted to spend some time outside of the car and kind of hang out with his friends and enjoy being a kid. Um, and I totally respect that. You know, he's just there's a lot that goes into racing, and I mean, to win, you know, you're you're fully dedicated, and it, it's not just showing up at the track on Saturday. You're spending your whole week working on the car too. Exactly. So, I mean, you don't get you don't get time with your friends. And if your friends aren't interested in racing, then you don't get to see your friends. And, um, I mean, I understand it. It wasn't that long ago that I was that kid, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I think he'll be back in the car soon. You know, I, I wouldn't see why not. He's a good driver. And I mean, he, he won a lot of races at Sumter in that the same car I'm driving. So, um, if you see any pictures of the car, there's, there's feature winner stickers all from Sumter down the side of it. So, um, I might have to take some notes from him this weekend because he knows around knows how to get around that place. Yeah, but. man, that that kid. I've seen him win races. I've seen him do a lot of crazy stuff. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. And speaking of kids and a lack of time, uh, you recently became a father. So first, congratulations on that beautiful, beautiful baby. But how was that changing? You know, your your racing your life in racing and, and even affecting, you know, the series that you're running and all is, is that playing a factor in it? Are you having to be more, uh, more off out of the shop per se now that the baby's here? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, like I had said a few minutes ago, if it wasn't for Jason and Alex getting that car ready, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I go up there, I, I spend as much time as I can, uh, try to help out with whatever I can. Uh, but I mean, I'm not able to spend every night in the shop now. So, you know, I, I was given tons of advice while, while when we found out we were pregnant and uh, people were offering their, their opinions and everything else, you know, and nothing fully prepares you for how tired you will be until that right. baby actually gets here. So um, it, uh, it it's pretty crazy, like, how a little human being can completely change your life, you know, and, um, uh, it definitely, definitely affects racing, uh, definitely affects your time. And I'm fortunate enough to have people helping me out. So, um, it, it seeing him come into this world, you know, just makes me want to be a better person and, uh, makes me want to make him proud. So, um, I hope to do that this weekend. Yeah. The, hey, for you, I, I hope you do too. Can't wait to, to meet the little fella, and I'm so happy for you and your wife, man. That's such an amazing thing to to happen to you guys, especially at this point. I, and, man, I'm just so ready to see you this weekend, so ready to see you back on track at something. It's been a while. Uh, Matt, you got anything you want to ask Reed before I, I let him go and we wrap up with a little bit of results? Uh, um, no. <laughs> I don't think I got any questions. I, I do want to say though, your series you got a good group of guys on that thing, man. It's mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. I just I just want to point out, y'all, that they have gone 160 laps in the past two weeks without one single caution, it, it, and 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 good clean racing. It, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen the broadcast on the Talking Dirt YouTube page, I mean, definitely check them out because. Um, Ryan and and Matt, they they really put on a hell of a deal, and like the the racing has been awesome. Uh, the broadcasts have been better and better every week. Um, I really look forward to what's to come with the the whole Source series. Yeah, man, me me too. And 
season three is going to be epic. And, but yeah, for re, good luck this weekend. We'll let you go get back to, to being a dad and a husband and all that. But uh, yeah, man, just good luck this weekend. Thank you so much for, for choosing us to broadcast your series. And again, thank you so much for, for going on. I know, I know most of our listeners will be there cheering you on this weekend. Uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to meeting some new people and, um, I do have to give a shout out to my wife because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to be there this weekend. So there you uh, go. She, she's the number one supporter. Uh, my parents are a huge supporter of me too. And then obviously Jason, those guys. Uh, but I really appreciate you guys having me on this podcast tonight. Yeah, man, no problem at all. Uh, one thing before I let you go, I, I completely blanked on. Now, this was supposed to be a two-day show, as you know, as I know. It's converted down to a one-day show because we have a, a severe chance of how the chance of uh of rain tomorrow night um how much <laughs> how much of a difference do you think that's going to play in this uh in this whole event i mean is is it is converting it down to a one-day show going to help or hurt you do do you have any feelings on that yet so i got a question to ask you before i answer this Uh oh what's that are we hot lap qualifying? No. The way I read it, it was hot lap qualifying. Uh, so I don't think so. Let me go check and see what Kelly posted. I don't think so. But yeah, because you know, if if hot lap qualifying is the case, it's definitely going to factor in. You know, because I mean, when you go to a dirt track, it's never the same track. <laughs> I mean, it, it's always different. <laughs> so uh, when you only got three laps to really be on top of your game, you got to be on top of your game. So that'll I change up the way. I don't know because he worded it weird. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I was a little confused by it. Um, I mean, if if we do hot lap qualify, it's going to change up the way the starting grid. Um, uh, I mean, it's going to it's going to. You might have fast guys in the back because they they made a mistake, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that or track condition can you know. Yeah, I mean, if you got 40 cars, you know. From the time the first car goes out to the 40th car goes out, you're racing on two different tracks when the track's pretty green. Right. So, I mean, that plays in a factor. And, you know, Sumter is a place that, I mean, it's pretty hard to pass there typically. So, yeah. getting good starting spots going to be everything. So, I, I am curious to see how that works out. And I guess Saturday we'll, uh, we'll find out. But um, it's going to be a good one no matter what. If if y'all don't have nothing going on Saturday night, come out to Sumter Speedway up there in Sumter, South Carolina, because we're gonna we're gonna put on one hell of a show no matter what. Dang right you are. I'm hoping for. I think last year we ended up around 35 cars, so I'm hoping for a little bit better of a turnout this year. And I think that's part of the reason they moved it a little bit for, uh, forward in the season because you know people at more events people lose more cars. Blah blah blah. blah. But I'm, I'm expecting a really good turnout, and I'm hoping for a tremendous race for to be able to watch. You know, you and Michael race on the same track in pain, and uh, both the Wyndham should be there. Newman obviously won last last year, so he should be back trying to repeat that one. I mean, there's there's so many other guys. Gibson, um, I'm blanking on some names here, but so many guys that these race fans need to come check out and make sure you cheer on that number 18. He's usually in a 30, uh, but I believe retired the number 30 car. So, yeah, make sure that you guys are cheering on Reed whenever you see him Saturday. But, yeah, man. Yeah. Go ahead. I Reed. appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, I mean, I hope to be on this thing again sometime oh, yeah. in the future. You know, I, I really enjoy it. Definitely. And I, I promise to not be as rattled and have better questions next time. <laughs> yeah, I know you kind of had a rough night, so. That, it, sort of, kind of. But, uh, yeah, it it. It goes with the territory. This is a completely unscripted show for those of you that do not know. Completely unscripted. I don't write out any questions. Everything comes off the top of my head. So that that's kind of what I had when I came up, up with it for Reed. But next time he's on the program, we'll get a little more in-depth about his racing career and uh, especially about the, the Soar Racing Series because Season 2 coming to a close and we're going to have him on hopefully again before the start of Season 3. But once again, that was Reed Christensen. Reed, thanks so much for coming on the program and I really look forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. Yeah, I look forward to seeing y'all too. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good luck, Saturday. (laughs) I ain't going to lie. Hot lap qualifying, don't matter what track, I don't like it. I hate it. See, I I like it in a sense that it kind of evens the playing field a little bit because some of your faster guys might make a a lapse in judgment whenever the track's still nice and 
nice and moist, we'll say. Um, some of your better, your faster guys are going to make a lapse adjustment, and they're going to qualify more towards the back. That might give your your guys that don't win as much a better chance to come up and, and nag a victory or nab a victory, excuse me. Uh, so that would uh, that's really the only reason I like how that qualifying. Uh, I would love I just, to go back to heat racing though. I don't. I'd, I'd rather. I, I mean, heat racing is you know it is what it is. But if we're if we're doing qualifying, I would rather hot lap than qualify. Well, and not not like not like go out there, cut a few laps, pull back in the grid, and then go back out. I mean, hot lap. Few other classes go out, then qualify. Right. Yeah, and and of course, I'm sure that we would, you know, like to do that at Sumter. But again, uh, the time aspect is so. Yeah, key I, right understand now I understand the, that. I understand that. I was just saying my opinion in. on it. Yeah, and and but to our point and to a lot of other tracks. A lot of these counties that tracks are in, and even cities, uh, if they're in, a, in city confines, they are really closing in on wanting them to be done at a certain time because in, in Sumter's case and in a few other tracks' case, when people are, are buying houses that are around these uh, the tracks, the realtors and whatnot are telling them that the tracks, they're not functioning. They don't run. So when somebody's here in race cars that... 11.30 at night, they're like, wait, I thought they said that that place didn't, wasn't open. Right. And so they'll call the police or whoever else, the county, and and file a noise complaint. And so the counties are getting upset that people are racing until the wee hours of the morning, which does still go on at plenty of tracks. A lot of tracks still race until the, the wee hours of the morning. But uh, at Sumter, we do not. Uh -huh. See, Lakeview, Lakeview's lucky. They have mainly fields around their track. Right. It, there's like probably three or four houses that are close to it. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, so it's not a problem for them. But no, I will say, Charlotte, their curfew is 11 o'clock. Yeah. I was so shocked about that. Really? I, I was surprised they had a curfew at all. I mean, really? it, it was in the middle of an inter. It's in, pretty much in the middle of an interstate. Yeah, there's no, there's no housing around it. Well, they they are also in the. Well, no, they're technically. Are, is their track at Charlotte technically in Concord? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so they they might still have a city ordinance. Ordinance. I'm not 100 percent sure on that one, buddy. I'm sh probably, but I don't get it if there's no housing around it. No people right. living there. Like yeah. literally, it's in the middle of the interstate. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like the same for Fayette. Fayetteville's yeah. right off the interstate. Um, there's a couple of the tracks close that are right off the interstate. Gaffney. Yeah, I mean, Gaffney the, right off the interstate. No, they the don't entrance have. Entrance to Fayetteville's literally not even a mile off the the exit. Yeah, it's literally you go down 95 right there, take an exit, you're at Fayetteville. That's 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 how you get to Fayetteville. But uh, Matt, before we close out the program here, closing in on our. On our hour curfew of the program, let's talk about a couple of results here. We'll start uh, with uh, Traveler's Rest. They ran a two-day show this past weekend, and uh, a lot of main events here. Headline, I believe it was 5,000 to win uh, Thunder Bombers, right? So Extreme 4, you had Mitchell Coggins going to victory lane from Friday night at uh, Traveler's Rest. I believe, let's see here, Ford Outlaw Main, which I believe is uh, Crown Vicks. Josh Melton in the 707 gets that win. Uh, the rookie class, you had Nick Norris going to victory lane. Pure stocks, Jason McGrew in the 44 uh, goes to victory lane in that one. Uh, your pure stock feature, Jason McGrew, would win again on Saturday night. Uh, let's see here. Sharp mini late model feature saw Ryan Brown go to victory lane once again. The old Jesse Intrican follower. Matt, I know you've raced with uh, you've raced with Ryan a couple times on, on iRacing. So have I. But uh, he's translating it into real life very well. I believe won the last... What now? Four maybe mini late model main events. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah, that kid, that kid's good, cool. man. Out of pretty good. Out of out of Georgia, Ryan Brown, pretty darn good. Won at something a couple of uh, about a month ago now, and and wins again at TR on Saturday night. Uh, Renegade feature Josh Burgess goes to victory lane in ninety eight B, and then your Thunder Bummer future main event three cars. Matt Tucker takes the win in sixty eight. And five thousand dollars on the line, and wouldn't you guess who won the pony? Rod Tucker, another huge win for his season 
a guy that Matt and I are saying the name of a lot goes to Victory yeah, Lane. He's been over, in Victory Lane yeah. all year. Yeah, man. From from Gaffney to Lawrence to TR to pretty much everywhere else he decides to drive, Rod Tucker is the man. Madison Hoot second. Tyler Geis rounds out the top three for the Thunder Bomber 5,000 to win uh, main event at TR on Saturday night. Let's see if we can pull up just a couple more here, Matt. Uh, weekly points racing going on at Lawrence County Speedway. Uh, Thunder Bomber Futures main event. Let's see how many show up for this one. Ten cars. Travis Jamison goes to victory lane in that one. Uh, Monster Mini Stock Local Class. Matt Gilbert in 117 wins that one. Open wheel modifieds were in the house. Speedy Bowman goes to victory lane over Knuckles Sherling and Shane Strickland in 119. Uh, 602 crate late model main event. Let's see who won this one. It was high side Luke Cooper. In the 57, going to victory lane over Chucky Duncan and Steven Grube. Your top three for the 602 main event. Uh, Young Guns, Brody Garrett goes to victory lane over Braden McDonald, Aiden Hodges, top three. And it was capped off limited late models. Oh, Colt 45, Colt Smith to victory lane in 45, Nick Deet second. Travis Stoner, good run, top three for that young man. Now let's see here, Matt. Let's do two more. Let's first do... Uh, let's see if I can find it. I believe, did Cherokee race on Saturday, Matt, I believe? I was completely outside of the racing world this weekend. Completely outside weekend. of the racing world? Well, yeah. I know your your local track, they raced. I was going to ask you to do that one, but I guess you... Oh, uh, I can you, do I can pull up the results. All right, well, we'll get to pulling up the results there. That way, Matt can give us a little bit of Lakeview Motor Speedway rundown. Nope, do not <laughs> see... Uh, do not see a Cherokee from last weekend. So what happened over there at Lakeview, Matt? I know they had the ultimate super late model, so that must have been a pretty good show. Yeah, I'm still scrolling. I'm sorry. Still scrolling. Well, I'll go ahead and spoil the uh, the ultimate super late models here because uh, I had a, quite a good a good car count, too. I believe 18 cars took the uh, the green flag for the main event. You had a lot of your super guys mixed in with a, a few 525s, a few limited motors as well. But uh, Matt, wouldn't you know who won the pony again? I believe Zach Mitchell goes to victory lane uh, for the ultimate supers. And it seems like he has an absolute chokehold over that entire uh, organization right now. Zach Mitchell wins again, well on his way to another points championship probably. He wins over Ben Watkins. Ethan Wilson, top three, good run for him. Downtown Michael Brown finishes fourth, and Dennis Rambo Franklin rounds out the top five there, Matt. But how about a couple of your your limited competitors actually gave a gave it a shot in this race? Banks Johnson was in the thirty four. Let's see who else we got here. Um, Blake Sanderson in the seven. Let's see any other small Taylor motors? Puckett. Taylor Puckett in twenty eight. Uh, Gray Parton. I'm not sure if he's in a super or a limited motor. David uh, Baker. Yeah, David Baker as well. Blake Sanderson. Um, let's see. Christian Thomas probably had the super motor in, so uh, he doesn't count for this one. But Matt, were you able to find the other classes that raced there on Saturday? Yeah. Um. Uh, we'll go with stock V eight. Um. You gonna V8. skip over Bell and Bell? Come on, man. Man, that see they run multiple classes at one time, right. so I don't. They have you, like you can never know who wins. When one race ends, they got like two or three winners. I don't, so I don't know, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. I could, I could run down what they got on race monitor. Nah, it's all good with that. They have like six different winners. It's okay. But yeah, go on um, with Stock V8s here. So Who was this guy that won? Stock V8 had Scott Lewis win. I, that might be his first win of the year. Um, second place is Data Unavailable. <laughs> I'm not even sure who it is, uh, to be honest with you. No, third was uh, Jaden Locklear. Uh, Chip Fanaw finished fourth, and Rocky Gasquey finishes fifth. Right. Um, They had Legends there? I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, I, I had no idea. So, first and second, uh, I'm assuming the same... They're part of the same family. Uh, Jake Locklear and Jace, Jason Locklear finishes 1-2 there. Uh, Chad Groves, 3rd. Eddie Daniels, 4th. And Travis Hare, 5th. Then we go over to the Cruces Street stock. 
got Daryl Moran winning again with Tyler Dole finishing second. Good run, Chandler Fowler uh, finishing third. Uh, a good friend of mine, he, um, he's been out of a car for a couple years, and uh, the, the race at Lakeview I went to, that, uh, that was his first race back. So this was his second race back in, like, I, I want to say two years. So you get a good run like that. that it's got to feel good for, for Chandler. Right. Fourth place is uh, Joey Wilkes, and a good run for Kenny King coming home in fifth. Heck, yeah. Uh, then we have the SCDRA main. I had Jason Brown winning, winning, excuse me, Derek Kemper in second, Kyle Jinks in third, Dalton Hodge fourth, Cameron Bosworth comes home in the fifth position. Great run for the, for the boss there. Uh, of course he's only in his, I believe second season of racing. So that's yeah, really exciting to yeah. see. And look, he was back in the race car, Matt, the finished seventh Troy Hill after Everything that young man went through last year, great to see him back in a race car. Yeah, that, you know, you like to see people recover and, you know, get back to doing what they love. Right. And then going forward, the, the last race they had of the night, the 602 Mods, I saw a video has, of this one. Has gotten a lot of attention. Nuts, dude. That was crazy. And that move was made by the number 23 of Jonathan Ward. The last lap pass on the high side, which, you know, I, I said, you know, I feel like that high side could be there if more people went up there. I, I feel like it, it that could be the faster line. Right. And and he showed that it, it was at least for that one lap. And then second, uh, close second place finish, uh, was the 16 of Dustin Watkins. Third was Colton Beasley, fourth Jonathan Hux, and fifth is Tyler Davis. And that's pretty much it from Lakeview. That rounds out Lakeview. So real quick before we wrap up the show here tonight, of of course we're going to have some things to talk about in the next episode of Talking Dirt, which will be episode number 19 coming at you hopefully next Thursday or Friday. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that includes uh, the current closing of uh, Friendship Motor Speedway, North Alabama Motor Speedway as well, closed for the rest of the season. There was Hopefully one more no track, too. Was there I really? can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Um, I think I think Bobby Hook shared it. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, we're going to talk about multiple classes, or multiple uh, tracks shutting down for the rest of the year on the next episode. And we're also going to talk about uh, the reemergence of the for sale 311 Speedway, which has gone back for sale once again, so that's going to be an uh, interesting yeah, I knew that was discussion coming. because of what uh, transpired there last season, and now it is for sale once again. But before we close tonight's show, we're going to give you guys the rundown from Super Speedway this past Saturday night for the fourth annual Frankie Fry Memorial Race here. Let me just pull the results up in front of my eyes. There we go. So we started out the feature night with a $1,119 to win a street stock race. And going to victory lane there was Banjo Duke in the number seven car. He'll pick up that $1,119. Second place finisher was Cameron Holloway. Third was Justin Hart. Fourth was Chris Shaw. Fifth was Terry Caples in the 22C. Second feature of the night was Extreme Force. Saw Bruce Denman go to victory lane over Michael Crouch, Kale Deese, Zach Bird, Robert Jeffcoat, your top five. Next out would be your late model main event. 20 laps the distance on this one. Justin Mintz, a stroll to victory lane. In the 28 car, Tony Ayer second, William Russell third, James Murphy fourth, Jimmy Stooks rounds out the top five there. Econo four main event. So I believe 13 cars. Uh, actually, this is kind of screwed up here. So let's first do Thunder Bomber because apparently Thunder Bomber was called Econo four um, on race monitor. <laughs> uh, Chucky Nicholson goes to victory lane. Tyler Smith second, TJ White third. Uh, John Harper Livingston, fourth. Ronnie Anderson rounds out the top five in Thunder Bomber. Econoforce came out next. Joe Green to victory lane in 44G. Eugene Vaughn, second. Kendall Boatwright, third. Paul Hewlett, fourth. Marty Horn rounds out the top five there. Modified fours here, nine cars signed in. And your winner was Michael Coker in 34. Jack Jordan, second. Tommy Bell rounds out the top three. And we rounded out the night with another $1,119 to win. Uh, main event, which saw Drew Shealy lead us to the green flag. He would battle with Banjo Duke for 
the opening 10 laps of the race before Duke finally ventured to the high side and made the pass. Banjo comes home with another $1,100 win on the night. Second was Sheely, Matthew Hodge third, Mikey Corsi fourth, and Tony Truitt rounds out the top five. So Banjo three, just won all the money, didn't he? Yeah, Banjo, Banjo took everything and went right back home. Uh, Banjo's also up to some cool stuff right now that we'll hopefully be telling you guys about in a, a newer a new series coming to the Talking Dirt platform here very, very soon. Like Please said, tell me he week. took a victory lane picture with a broomstick. No, didn't have we couldn't find a broomstick. We, oh. we get both cars. Both cars were in the <laughs> pictures and, and we had some some cool stuff to say after that race. But uh yeah, we got some cool stuff coming for Talking Dirt. I'll let you guys know about that as it's happening. But for my broadcast, well, this isn't even a broadcast from my podcast oh, partner, oh, oh, Matt Bridgen. Oh, oh, oh. What's that? Uh, one more thing. One more thing. What? Do you want to know where I'd be racing this weekend if my car wouldn't jump? Lancaster. Lancaster. Yep, that's, that's this right. weekend. That's right. Lancaster <sighs> is this weekend for Mid-East. Matt's not going to be there, unfortunately. But, yeah, a lot of cool racing coming up. As, as Reed and I and Matt talked about earlier, SCDRA at Sumter. Uh, Lakeview, unfortunately, cancels because of, uh, because of the tire situation, amongst many, many other things. Um plenty of other racing going on in the region but mostly want to focus in scdra at sumter y'all come and see us but for for mr matt bridge and i've been ryan williams and and for reed we we so thankful we're so thankful that he joined us for the first half of this program but guys y'all have a safe and productive weekend go watch some racing and tell us how it was and we'll get back to you next week as we bring you episode number 19 of talking dirt see you guys